Hello, all you lovely investors out there. It's Kate Hill here. I hope everyone is okay. I've got a great one for you again this week. I'm chatting with Louise Bedford from the tradinggame.com.au about how to achieve your potential as an investor. Do women make better investors than men? Have a listen as we discuss self-sabotage, our different life stages, and we tease out methods that you can use to kickstart your confidence and your investing results. Louise is a best-selling author and host of the podcast Talking Trading. She is the founder of thetradinggame.com.au and a behavioral finance expert with degrees in psychology and business. So stay tuned, everyone. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Female Investor, your chance to get involved with all things property, finance, investment strategy, and lots more. I'm Kate Hill, the co-author of the book, The Female Investor, Creating Wealth, Security, and Freedom Through Property. I'm an award-winning property mentor, coach, a qualified property investment advisor, and founder of Buyers Agency Advisable. Now remember everyone that this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It does not replace your finance, tax, legal or finance product advice. You should always seek advice from licensed and trusted professionals. If you want to improve your chances of creating an income for life, this is your place to listen, be inspired and motivated. So come on ladies, stay tuned and let's do this together. Hello, everyone. Now, as I very proudly declare in my podcast, it is your chance to get support, information on all things property, finance and investment strategy. And today we are equally really, really getting into it. And as most of you know, I founded and run the Buyers Agency Advisable I am a qualified property investment advisor, a mentor, and a buyer's agent. I buy property for my clients every day. And I'm very, very excited to have on the show today a very special guest and female investor extraordinaire, Louise Bedford from thetradinggame.com.au. And today, Louise and I are going to be talking about I guess mainly women, but again, fellas, don't turn off. It's very applicable to everyone, but women in trading and in property and some of the similarities between the two. Louise is bringing her fabulous expert knowledge and experience from many years of trading to talk to us today. So Louise, also welcome to the podcast. It is wonderful to see you and have you here. Oh, thank you so much, Kate. I'm so looking forward to this. We've got so many areas that are commonalities between the two of us. Mm, We do. I'm very, very excited to, I guess, follow and hear how our conversation is going to pan out because of those similarities. I think about mindset, and you've said it before, positivity, which can very much be translated across the investment classes, I think. So if you don't mind, before we really get into it, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Sure. Well, I'm a best-selling author of five books on the share market. I know that you and I share that same publisher, Kate, so you know how important Wiley is to both of us. They are the second largest publishing firm 
in the world. So for us mm -hmm. to be able to get to this stage with the two of us to be able to collaborate is fantastic. I run a mentor program that helps traders trade every instrument over every time frame, but where it's their own trading plan. And this is my 23rd year that I'll be running the mentor program with the co-founder of tradinggame.com.au, my business partner, Christopher Tate. Now, I am also a podcast host. We've got so many things in common. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so my podcast is talkingtrading.com.au. Wonderful. So I say, let's just, we have a lot to talk about. Let's not keep the lovely people waiting any longer. As you were talking, I'm just thinking, yep, yeah, me too. Tick, tick. Yep. It's all <laughs> very, very similar. So look, it's often been said that women, and I hear this a lot too, women make better investors than men. I've heard that women in trading often make more money than the fellas do. Tell us, a little bit about that. And again, I just, I do want to highlight, I don't want to alienate all the lovely fellas out there, right? But it's just, I do hear that a lot. So tell us about your experiences. And, and I think maybe we can get into a little bit why that might be. Yes. Well, mm. look, that is the case. I ran a very large survey in 2018 to look at this particular subject. And my results did replicate an earlier study in the 1990s by mm. Brad Barber and Terence O'Dean. So it is fascinating to me, though, that there is a lot of research now, especially about how women have got some things that they're up against as well, and that we can learn from from the guys with that testosterone-induced confidence. So we will talk about that in just a moment, but let's have a look at the facts first because I want to take you through some of the research here. So this year, there has been a lot of study about the impact of the financial crisis that we're potentially going through and will continue to go through, depending on whether you believe we're in a recession or not. I think we can all say the market has turned down. So here's a headline for you. In times of stress, female fund managers take less risk than their male counterparts for the same performance. Now, that is fascinating. In general terms, female fund managers are risk averse compared to their male counterparts and their position sizes are often lower, which means they can spread themselves further and, of course, that assists with diversification. Now, I do think that is an interesting aspect. It's from the institutionalinvestor.com very well respected. I'll just give you a couple of other pieces of mm. current research. 2021, Fidelity is a brilliant company for doing these studies. They found that women outperformed men by 0.4% on average. Doesn't sound like much until we start compounding. Mm. The Brad Barber and Terence O'Dean found 2%. I personally found 1.8% with my survey. Now, the interesting mm unfortunate aspect to this is only 33% feel confident in their ability to make investment decisions, Kate. Mm. Do you mean specifically women? Women, yeah. 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 So yeah. on average, the men are more confident than we are. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I think in my very specifically property world, that would be echoed in very similar ways, that women tend to take less risk 
in their investment choices that I obviously help them make. But when I'm having those early strategy conversations with the ladies, or let's even say where there is a couple, but the lady is the driving force behind it, (laughs) or the lead, which is often the case, there tends to be a much more modest and considered approach than not always of course than with with the with the male counterpart yeah. and, and i guess in a preference to sp- to spend less money on a property you know not and which doesn't because you know one of the myths in the property world is the more you spend the better the investment absolutely false false myth you know blow that apart right immediately that doesn't mean you, I mean, there is a certain minimum you would want to spend to be properly invested, but that's, I, I very much echo that's the results of that in what I find in my day-to-day property. And life. there is a lasting impact with this mm. sort of information because it shows up in so many places. Mm. One of the aspects that I think is just so unfortunate is that on average, and this is from It's actually the cnbc.com site, which is a very extensive site, as you could imagine. Mm. On average, men are saving more for retirement than their female counterparts. Mm. And the cost of living for women has skyrocketed. Mm. All through the pandemic, we have taken on roles that are paying less, that gender pay gap is expanding, Mm. and we are also working in less glamour roles. Now, I'll just describe what I mean by that. We're not putting our hand up for those big assignments that can make a big difference to our life. We are keeping a cap on our potential by not putting our hand up. And that lack of confidence is something we need to overcome as female investors. It is something that I believe we need to look at the data to say that we can do this as well as the men and that this is not a gender issue. The ability to create money out of thin air is for both males and females. Wow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you and I could probably talk about that for an hour and a half. Just that one, <laughs> just that one statement, right? It's I have so much to say for myself on that issue. I can't even begin to tell you. So I, I think we'll come back to that. I think it will be a thread throughout this conversation. Absolutely. I think there is there is a um, there is very much a, a a fine line to be trodden between, I guess, a path to forge between moving ahead confidently, not too confidently. You know, you don't want to start, and this kind of brings us up to my next sort of little point that I wanted to talk to you about. But but you do you do need to do something. You need to have the confidence to actually do something, but also to then make a genuine difference in your life, to do enough, like you say, don't cap. And again, I think we, we should come back to that a little bit later. Again, I echo all of that in property world. And we talk about it in our book, the female investor. And I blog about it. I post about it a lot in terms of the gender pay gap and how women do suffer long term because of lack of super, lack of, you know, that compounding as well. So, And some of it I think might even be stereotype threat here, Kate. One of the studies that I think was fascinating was they got high school kids to do a maths test where they got them to mark down their gender prior to doing the test and then they had a control group where they didn't do that. So the Mm. only thing different between the two maths results was the fact that one group had to mark down their 
agenda. Mm-hmm. And it was a statistically significant lower mm-hmm. number that mm-hmm. those girls scored when no. they were reminded of their gender. Yeah. So we do need to make this public. I love what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You are giving this data-oriented approach a voice to say that women are just as good as men in the fields of maths, investing and processes, which is terrific. So I do feel that that is one of the things that we really bond with, Kate. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I think, look, even um, not not to go off topic really, but just, you know, as it, as it occurs to me, I think in my, uh, yeah, we could spend another two hours talking about childhood and upbringing and nature and nurture, couldn't we? But it's, <laughs> it's very much like in my daily, you know, the way I conduct myself in life, I perhaps am slightly unusual, I don't know, in that I don't think of myself first as a woman honestly yeah i'm a, i'm a human being along with billions of others you know it doesn't it's not in the forefront of my mind i kind of just forge ahead i was raised by a very strong woman i don't think kate equals woman equals but i think kate human being go forge ahead you know i think uh, there's a lot in that i, I do i, I think know, that is a yeah, real key yeah. and if we can take that from that math study that's right that is a really significant yeah. aspect yes and something you said a couple of minutes ago, I think, if you don't mind, if we can come back to that, that in terms of, and we both did really, that risk management is very important, obviously. I think it's underrated, I think, but I do think women are good at it. I think everyone should be good at it whilst forging ahead. I think it yields better results. It gives you more confidence. What for you are, I guess, in the trading world, what are some of those key aspects of risk management and how I guess how can they be applied to to property and maybe you know I can I can chip in where you can help yes help (laughs) out (laughs) look I do think there are some things here when we're dealing with money that are widely applicable so one of the things that I know that property investors don't talk about too much is portfolio heat let me describe what that is Mm -hmm. it's so that when the market starts to really push ahead you don't go all in it's to save you from yourself (laughs) that's what it is Mm -hmm. so what we do as traders is we look at risk per trade and then we look at overall risk so at any one stage we don't want more than five percent of our available equity exposed in terms of risk to the markets so i'll give you perhaps as a trader an exact example let's say that you're making a risk factor of one percent per trade so you're prepared to lose one percent of your equity on a particular share position and what you do is you'd never go over five percent portfolio heat so you wouldn't open more than five trades to begin with until those trades had trended up and they'd gone past that break even point at any one stage you shouldn't be able to lose more than five percent of your money kate it's a really significant principle Mm, yes no i think you're right absolutely it just to come back to what you started with that property investors don't talk to too much generally no you'll be pleased to know that i do (laughs) every every single client we you know we put together a a client brief we look at their existing portfolio if there is one sometimes there isn't right they're just they're starting fresh but with clients that we work with on multiple purchases, which is one of my favorite things to do, because then I am part of building that portfolio from start to finish, right? We absolutely diversify. We're not putting all our property buying eggs in one 
city or location basket. We are moving it around. It's not just about city. It's also about demographic. It's about, you know, what the industries in that city are. You don't want to be beholden ever to something like the mining industry or the agricultural industry or the tourism industry, all these volatile things. You need to be very aware of your risk exposure from that perspective right so yeah and something related to that as well is the kelly principle so the kelly principle is where you don't ever put more than 25 percent of your money into one position Mm. so that is really critical Mm. because i just had this little share called futurist i loved it okay (laughs) this is how i learned it all these years ago (laughs) you're about to hear a disaster story so (laughs) i did have a fair chunk of my money in Futurist because it kept on going up and I kept on adding money. But I forgot about that whole idea, what happens if it dumps? So this thing gapped down and it was such a gap, you can't get out in Mm. that gap. Mm. It just went down and down and it, it it went right past my stop loss and stop losses are great but these days luckily we've got cfd so we've got a guaranteed stop loss order they will fix that stop for you and you'll get out at that price but unfortunately if it gaps past your price with a non-dslo trade then you can be in trouble which is why we need the kelly principle to protect us we don't put too much of our money Mm. into one particular asset Mm. absolutely and with Property, of course, you can't trade in and out that quickly. You know, it's a, yeah, you can't just click your fingers. You need to um, marketing campaign and find a buyer and blah, 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 you know. So, and sometimes I would uh, guess that there is a higher volume or a higher amount of money involved that you're spending. Oh, I agree. I agree. So I do think some of these principles can be directly transported into your field. And probably the third final one that I'd like to mention Mm. on risk management is maintenance. So having a look, once you've become fully Mm. invested, you've got all of your trades nicely lined up, you've got the data, which ones are underperforming? Are you underperforming in a particular time Mm. frame? Like if you can't trade for hourly charts what the hell get rid of them you don't need them you know maybe your forte is a weekly chart who knows until Mm -hmm. you've got that data you can't make that decision so looking through the data finding Mm -hmm. the duds whether it be a system whether it be a type of trade that you're constantly doing maybe it's a time frame find the dud and weed it out have you got something that's similar to that in property, Kate? Oh, very much so. But again, it's not, you know, it's not that quick and easy to get out. And it might take you several years to figure out you've got a dud. <laughs> right. And it will also depend, again, very, you know, it's very localized, of course. It's like with the, you know, with, with depending on if you're buying shares in one company versus another, they don't all perform the same way. It's the same with property areas. I'm forever saying, you know, different areas perform for different reasons at different times. They're all doing different things at the same time, doing different things for different reasons. And that's part of my job, you know, to work out for certainly for clients, where are we buying for these clients? What's their situation? How much have they got to spend? What's their time frame? You know, so there are certain areas that I wouldn't buy for a client who's maybe only starting. When I say only starting, it's never too late to start, but who might not be starting until they're in their late 50s. There's certain areas I wouldn't, I would never, you know, I'd never do that. So, but it might take you a long time to find out, actually, this asset isn't performing the way I had hoped it would. And sometimes while you're holding the asset over 10 to 15 years, circumstances in that locality might change that you weren't able to predict 
So true. It is so true. And also in trading, I think yeah. that yeah. this what our conversation really reinforces to me the reason why successful property investors do so well with the share market is because it's a similar mindset. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. So and that initial due diligence that you're doing is it's critical, but so is maintenance. Absolutely. To, to to keep checking in. How is it performing? Are you getting a high turnover of tenants? And actually also maintain the asset itself. You know, so many investors let their properties go to rack and ruin. You know, they don't spend basic money or they don't allocate money to just maintaining the asset well. So you're going to attract a quality tenant and get a better return on your investment. You know, again, my gosh, whole other, <laughs> it's a whole other podcast. <laughs> So I'd love to come back to some of that stuff we talked about earlier, if you don't mind, in terms of mindset, because a lot of this is, to me, it's all related to the psychology of it all and having confidence and not, you know, I don't, I, not not stalling and I guess not shooting yourself in the foot. So what would you say are the main ways that people do shoot themselves in the in the foot when it comes to the stock market. And then I can guess I can chip in again and go, hey, yeah. doing that too. I do see people mm-hmm. spreading themselves too thin. Mm-hmm. They think they have this image of the share trader that has to be on all the time, mm-hmm. always in front of the computer, always trading around the clock. Now, any of that is going to lead into a definite situation of decision fatigue. If you have multiple decisions to make, you don't have time to breathe, your decisions will be of a lower quality per decision. So Mm -hmm. if you're trading a four minute chart compared to a four weekly chart, the speed of decision making can really run people over. And I think that is one of the key ways people self-sabotage. They think they can do too much with too few resources without the support either at home or Mm. of a mentor to show them the way Mm. to go. Mm. Mm. And that's what that's what you do. Yeah. 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 That's it. And I do it because I spent so long trying to work this out myself, Kate. I just want to stop people from having to tread in every aching step that I had to tread in when I was getting going all those years ago, 30 plus years ago. And talk to me about the importance of, you're going to love, everyone's going to love this, the planning, you know, having, having a plan. Like for us, it's a property investment plan for you. It's a trading plan. plan. Yes, Mm. it's such a key. And I don't think you can just take somebody else's trading plan and instantly make it your own. I think it's an error that people make. They think that they can automatically transport Warren Buffett's plan into their own head and get the same results. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. So a trading plan has to look at your trading system, which is very trading specific. So it's your entry, your exit, and your position sizing. Mm. So Mm. it's all the things that we think of as the specific decisions around which trade to take, Mm. when to take it, how much money to place in that trade. But wrapped around that is similar to a business plan. Mm. So what are you going to do when you go on holidays? If you are sick, who is going to close out your trades for you? What markets are you going to trade? What universes are you going to focus on? Mm. And that's where you can follow a trading plan template. So a template is a wonderful way to do it where it's asking you questions, you can fill in answers, 
Mm. And before you know it, you've created your own trading plan, which Mm. is, of course, the one that I've got on my website, the trading plan template that you can download for free. I do suggest even property investors download that because there are aspects there that are commonalities Mm. between the two areas. Absolutely. And I think, yes, everyone. So I'll put that in the description below as well. Obviously, love, I'll, I'll link to all of that. Yeah, great. And I'll do the same for all of your resources too, Kate, because they're just too valuable for it, people not absolutely. to research them and find yeah. them. Yeah. yeah. And look, the similarities I'm sort of, I'm picking out there are very much the in property world, you know, somebody will buy the latest property investor magazine, which is often very useful, you know, or they talk to someone at a barbecue who's just bought an apartment in, and you know, X location. And they think, oh, I will do exactly the same thing. Or that's the hottest thing. That's where everyone's buying. I will do the same thing. You know, to me, that's the biggest risk you can take, right? <laughs> That's, it's surprising, isn't it? And that's absolutely. not what we mean by following in somebody's footsteps. No. <laughs> that is just not. This is no. a considered choice here. Mm. It is a high-performance endeavour, and you do have to commit some thought to it and to find the right people to guide you. Absolutely. I think that's quality advice. And I'm just going to be honest and put that out there. This isn't just self-serving. You know, I sought advice, and obviously I provide that kind of advice, but even, you know, if people don't talk to me, it's it's fine, but talk to a qualified, experienced and ethical, especially in property, an ethical advisor who is going to look after your interests and not their own, but who will, you know, provide quality information and customised information because certainly in property it is not a one-size-fits-all approach right and you do bring up a point there Kate that we also have our own mentors it's not that you know you get to (laughs) the top of the mountain yeah like in my trading plan one of Mm -hmm. the things that I have that I think everybody does need this in their trading plan. Yeah. If you lose a certain amount of money, mm. all right, and I'll give you a percentage, it's mm. 25%. If I draw down 25% or more, then I will stop entering new positions and mm. I will consult what I've got in my trading plan as a higher authority to talk Mm -hmm. me through. Maybe Mm -hmm. I'm out of sync with the market. Maybe the timing's not right. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. other things going Mm -hmm. on in my life. But to have that person listed down or people or team Mm -hmm. that you can draw on when the going gets tough. And I'm so proud when people list me in their trading plan Mm -hmm. to be that consultant, that higher authority to be able to help them through the sticky times. I mean, it's just such an honour. It it is. And, you know, and the the reward and the joy I think both of us get from helping people succeed and get to, you know, reach their financial goals, get to where they want to be in however many years that it makes my world go round. Yeah, mine (laughs) too. Really, like genuinely. And when you look at women in particular, there are certain ages where I would consider them to be danger zones Mm -hmm. and it's during times of transition. So I'm not sure whether you're familiar with some of the one trial learning studies, Kate, which are fascinating. 
basically it's doing that thing that has created such a devastating effect that you will never ever do it again yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> some people call marriage that too mm. they get divorced and they're never going to marry again yeah. if that is reinforced as your one trial learning then let's have a look at that and see how that can impact if you have had that experience you're in a situation where you were a very vulnerable person yeah. and that is more likely during times of neural stress mm -hmm. so when you've had a baby when you first get married maybe if your spouse dies I mean mm -hmm. heaven forbid maybe if you're embarking on a new relationship all of those times leave us vulnerable but also open to consequences so one of the areas that I've been looking at recently mm -hmm. Kate some studies have called it the financially uninvolved woman. I don't know whether you'd like to discuss that. Yes, yeah. love that expression. It's yeah. like the, I do and I don't, right? I mean, I it's, don't. I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. I've actually but, oh. tried to soften it a little bit. I'm calling her the changing circumstance woman. Okay. Yes, absolutely. I think that that's yeah. a kinder yes. way to go. Now, this is also based on the studies that I've done with my own traders. So the rough age is 35 to 50. Often these people who are changing circumstance are going through a divorce, mm -hmm. becoming a mother, experiencing a spouse changeover, shall we call it, mm -hmm. or a health scare, and it has led to a definite desire for control. Now that desire for control is particularly prevalent four months after the property settlement is maintained in a divorce mm. so think of that four month mark that is when plastic surgery peaks for women four months after the settlement right. with their divorce yeah. so they've got money they want to make some changes they want to improve where shall i do it i'll start with you know here or here as mm. i'm pointing on the video so yes, everybody <laughs> watching in an audio you can imagine those two spots that i just pointed to <laughs> Yes. So I do think that is a particular danger zone for people in transition. If you do want to trade to be independent, be careful about those snap decisions you're going to make at mm -hmm. that stage. Don't make a major decision without consulting somebody who has your best interests at heart and certainly write down a pros and a cons list because sometimes we can be so myopic, we think that all there is is roses and an upside and why mm -hmm. not get involved with that guy that might be a complete narcissist and take the rest of our money? Why not? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We need to sit, stop, <laughs> think, add in a pause to our decision making and realise that unfortunately nearly 1 million Australians are living in severe poverty and women are most affected. So this is from a March 2022 study. Women are more likely to live in households below the poverty line than men and from another study that's more likely to happen after a divorce. Mm -hmm. So that is a really significant time frame and area for women to be aware of, Kate. Mm -hmm. And I do, I come across that, oh, I was going to say I agree with all of that. I mean, it's a study, I, it's not for me to uh, agree or disagree, but I guess I see the effects of it, you know, on a daily basis with, with clients, you know, ladies whose partner has died. 
sometimes they start off as client as a client couple and then unfortunately one passes away and then the other one you, you know they t- obviously take time to to grieve to there's a client case study in my book about this a very lady like this who is hopefully going to be on the podcast soon she's an inspiration to all takes their time you know things administ awful administration process but then comes back and is now buying her second property right but i do see ladies in that situation a lot that have taken that time four months or however long it takes and will then come and improve their situation you know and as you were talking one thing occurs to me it was that you know when you said there's that stop and that pause that I think maybe that's what makes women the better investor I do think there's a lot to be said with that. <laughs> yeah. I also think it's it's like mm. if you think that you're starting behind the eight ball because we think mm. that it's being a male domain, that sometimes you'll try just that little bit harder. Mm. You'll get all of your ducks in a row. You'll make sure that you've got a conservative view so you don't blow up with the first sign of yeah. weakness. Yeah. I don't mind that extra level of diligence. And that's something mm. that every guy listening needs to also take into account. So yes. some of the difficulties that men face over trading and overconfidence yes now women generally and i'm basing it on a few different studies here take fewer trades and they also feel worse about their results thinking that everybody else is outperforming them yeah. so yeah. i think the thing that i'm loving about this conversation is ladies you can do this there is every reason mm. why you can totally dominate in this area mm. by getting the education you need and taking the action and also know that this is within your control and within mm. your skill set. Absolutely. Ditto to all of that. And backing yourself, you know, and having confidence and resilience. I think that, again, that's what women are very good at. Absolutely. Right? I think that's why as well, podcasts like yours and, mm. frankly, mine, yours. this is getting the word out there. It's yeah. something that we need continual reinforcement. Mm. It's not something that you can say, I've reached the end of my educational journey. Mm. I'm here. I have arrived. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. We need no. that continual input to make sure that we stay inspired yeah. on top of the latest techniques and mm. that we're looking after ourselves. This is a form yeah. of self-care. Yeah. Totally. And I think, again, without being derogatory to all our lovely male listeners, but, you know, there is, I think there is less, and I hate to call it ego, but it's the word is out there now, that that is slightly less of an issue again for ladies. I don't think we're afraid to learn more and put our hand up and go, hey, I didn't understand a word of what you just said. Can you explain it to me in words of less than one syllable? Absolutely. You know, there's less fear of that. There's more fear of unknown, but then there isn't that fear to go, hey, I need to learn this. And so we can all yeah, learn from the other absolutely. side of the fence here. And I think there is probably some happy medium mm. where you've got the person with just the right amount of confidence mm. and willing to take on yeah. suggestions from absolutely. educators. There's mm. probably that utopian person. So let's all try to strive to be that person. <laughs> wow. Didn't we cover off a lot? I loved it. I think it needs to be a whole new series of podcasts, Louise. You are a wealth of knowledge. (laughs) I'm so glad that this is going on to my show, Mm. talkingtrading.com.au, as well as your show. Now, for the people who are listening who are my traders, Kate, could you give us some guidance about how Mm. people can find you? 
Absolutely. So through the uh, podcast is obviously The Female Investor. There is the book out there, The Female Investor. It's out in all good bookshops and online. You can contact us at info at thefemaleinvestor.com.au. You can also go to my my business website, which is advisable, which has an E in the middle, awkwardly. Don't get me started on that. Advisable.com.au. And I am Kate at advisable.com.au. And Louise, do the same for us. How can all my lovely listeners get in touch with you? Come and visit me at tradinggame.com.au and download my free trading plan template. And I'll also give you as a bonus my five-part e-course called Trading Made Simple. And even if you're an experienced investor, that will really assist getting your head around the markets understanding how you can use some of the trading principles to excel in the property market as well because if you do well in one area you're more likely to do well in another kate it's been magic having you on our shows (laughs) i love the co-producing idea i love it me too and check out the show notes everybody because we'll contain links until next time Enjoy your self-trading, whether it's property or shares, and Kate and I will say goodbye. See you all soon. Bye, everyone. And that's it for this episode. You can email any questions and comments that you have on info at thefemaleinvestor.com.au. Don't forget to grab a copy of your book, The Female Investor. You can go to your local bookstore, go to Amazon, Booktopia, or anywhere that good books are sold. Head to the website at thefemaleinvestor.com.au, where you'll find lots of resources on property, news, tips, and videos. Stay safe and well, everyone. I'll talk to you all again soon, and bye for now. Hold up. 